The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trodden underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. So today's gospel, in terms of uh, where it's situated in, in, in Matthew's accounts, is in chapter 5, and it's immediately after uh, the Lord gives the Beatitudes. So he gives, if you will, um, in essence, what his teaching is for living out the divine life, for being like God. He lists out all of the beautiful Beatitudes for his disciples, and then he encourages them not only to hear what he has said, but actually to implement that in their life and to live that out. And so this is what he's saying to his disciples. You are the salt of the earth, and you are the light of the world. One of the commentators says the Lord jumps from the kitchen table to the center of our solar system. You know, he incorporates everything that is available to their senses, and he is in giving them these beautiful images as to what the Christian life is in its essence. And so what we have from the reading from the prophet Isaiah in the first reading is simply the encouragement to works of mercy, the corporal works of mercy. And so the work and the life of a Christian should be the reflection of the life of Christ, but even more deeply than that, as St. Paul says, it should be Christ living in us. It should be the light of Christ shining out through us, shining out especially and most poignantly through works of mercy, because we encounter and we ourselves have encountered the merciful Savior in our own lives, and we bring that merciful Savior not only in word, but also in deed to all those whom we encounter. And so he instructs us to not only act according to his wisdom, but to be wise with his wisdom. And so there was an interesting commentary that I read yesterday with regards to this, uh, the Greek that is written here with the salt especially, and the salt losing its taste. The word in the Greek for losing its taste means to become foolish. It becomes foolish. In a certain sense, it means it does not know. It forgets what it is in its essence. And so also for the Christian, for the Christian to lose Christ is the same as for salt to lose its saltiness. To lose Christ is, again, what is essential for the Christian, and then the Christian can no longer be called as such. It is to lose the essence of what we are called to be. To be wise, according to another commentator, is for something to be what it should be. That's what it is to be wise, according to its nature as God intends it. When it no longer acts according to its nature as God intends it to act, it is no longer wise. 
It has lost its own self. And so in a certain sense, when salt loses its saltiness is when we lose our own selves, what we are created to be, what Christ has made us to be, what he has restored us and to be by his grace. And then it, is, it says, it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trodden underfoot by men. Salt, which is meant either for healing or for the mouth, is now no longer good for any of those but simply to be trampled upon. It has lost, again, the essence of what it is and what it should be. St. Thomas Aquinas, in his commentary, he points out that salt has three uh, certain uses for us in our life. One is it enhances flavor, and so he says that that's what the Christian life should be. It should enhance human life. He says also that salt is not for itself, like light. Light does not give light for its own sake. Salt does not give taste for its own sake. It is for the other. And so he says that this is also essential to the Christian life, that it loves with no seeking of return. It gives simply for the sake of the other, because that is God-like love and agape love. Love which considers the other and the good of the other for the other's sake. No thought for self, selflessness. And so there is also this beautiful aspect um, of salt that we should consider for our Christian life. So one, it enhances flavor, he says. The other is that it was always mixed in with the sacrifice. If you look in uh, Leviticus as well, you see that no sacrifice could be offered without the addition of salt. So salt was also deeply united to sacrifice. And St. Thomas says that this is then how we take the wisdom that we receive from God and we implement it in our life and actions. It means we add salt to everything that we do in a certain sense so that everything becomes a pleasing sacrifice to God. And what pleases God in sacrifice is a humble, contrite heart, mercy, and love. That's what he's looking for in terms of how he values sacrifices. And so when we act with love, with mercy, with consideration for the other, in a certain sense, we add salt to our sacrifices and they become pleasing to the Heavenly Father. And lastly, he says, salt also has healing properties. It's used to stop decay. It's used to heal. And so also the Christian life, apart from simply enhancing human life, it should also seek to alleviate suffering wherever it can find it, to bring life where there is death, to bring love where there is hate, to bring all of the things of God where they are lacking or void. That is what it is for a Christian to be salt, and specifically to be the salt of the earth, meaning that we live out in this life the activities of heaven. And so this is specifically for our life and our pilgrimage on earth, is that the Lord wants us to shine his light and also to bring that salt of healing and enhancement to uh, the life of others. And then he says, you are the light of the world, the light of the world. And so also, this is specifically how Christ shines through us. Again, not only in the things that we say, but most poignantly in our actions, which speak more loudly than words. As St. Francis of Assisi says, always preach the gospel, and when necessary, use words. Meaning, always in your life, preach. By your example and by your activities, preach Christ and let the light of Christ shine out through our activities. 
And so the call that the Lord is placing upon us in the gospel today is quite simply a call to mercy. The mercy that we have experienced and continue to experience from him, he asks us that we allow that mercy to shine out upon others. A mercy which is not self-seeking, a mercy which comes from a grateful heart because of what we have received from God, a mercy that comes from wisdom because we have listened to God and we have allowed his words to take root in our heart and in our mind and to shape all of our actions and activities, and a mercy that still we experience from Christ as we especially here in the Mass are able to participate in his great sacrifice of mercy. And so his sacrifice is truly salted, if you will, because it is infused with divine love itself. And we are called to come and participate in this, his sacrifice and to bring all of our sacrifices, all of our life, all of our prayers, and unite them here with his perfect sacrifice, his perfect prayer. And so that all of our actions come from Christ and all of our actions are reoriented towards him where he is truly present to us here in his mercy in the blessed sacrament. Amen.